Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Die Hard Dialogue. I am Gary Vaynerchuk, your host, and my much more knowledgeable and cooler co-host in crime is with me as well this week. Um, how you doing? I'm good, Gary. How are you? I'm salty. Yeah. What was my? Do you know what my prediction was for the Jets Falcons game? Do you have that on hand? Uh, no, but we do have what you you didn't hit on the boost, you know? Yeah, I'm a little cold. I came out hot. I think I won like the first week or two. And I've been like, I think I've missed the last three, maybe even four. I, I think for everybody's listening at this point, you just must go the other way on the boosts that might work out for you. Uh, Andrew, can you pull up or Seth while we're doing this show? Can we pull up my Jets prediction from last week's score? Oh, I, I got it. I got it. It was 22 to 19. Oh, I was very in the mix. Yeah, you were in the mix. 22 to 19 loss. They Fal- lost 27. Falcons, yeah. right. They lost 27, 20, right? Yeah. It was 27, 20 and a, a lot closer for a while there at the end. Well, I mean, the bottom line is the Jets are on a bye this week. So it's a totally different show. I'm super down. My season is now over now that we've lost to the lowly Patriots and Falcons. I don't see us getting there. And I think we come back and play the Patriots after our bye week. So we become mortal enemies again for a week. Yeah, we do. Yep. You guys had a nice little comeback. It looked really good there. I was super pumped. You were losing to the lowly, lowly Texans, but you guys pulled it out in the end. Yeah, that was scary for a second there, uh, but managed to pull it out. Uh, what do you feel, Jess, about your Patriots? Uh, I mean, look, I'm trying you not to feel, get You can't too... feel good, right? No. And with everything that's going on, I mean, like, Mac Jones has the makings of being a great quarterback, but right now he just doesn't have enough weapons. Like, I just don't, I don't feel great about it. And what, what do you, what, why do you think he'll be great? Cause I actually think he's been protected and anytime he lets it loose, even at all, you know, the amount of dropped interceptions that Mr. Jones has right now is working quite nicely in his favor. Yeah. I mean, I think that he has the talent. I don't think that he has the mental space right now. And I think you're right. They are limiting him. They're not letting him open it up at all. Um, but I think that's probably the right choice right now. Cause like you said, when they do let him open it up, he's throwing interceptions. He's not doing a great job. So I think they know that mentally, like he's not in fully commit fully in command yet. He's not confident enough. Which makes sense. It's very, they're keeping him on a tight leash, which like, to to your point, you know, you look at what they did up in Buffalo for Josh Allen, you know, I mean, even, you know, using Jets reference, what the Jets did for Mark Sanchez with Holmes and Braylon Edwards and Dustin Keller, like, you know, what the Jets never did for Sam Darnold and what the Patriots need to be very careful of, because outside of, you know, the tight end and the Randy Mosses, like they've historically not, they've made a lot of bad picks. Looks like Henry's not going to work out up there, the receiver. You know, I remember Chris Jackson being a first round bust. Like Bill Belichick has not crushed the skill set receiving game. You know, the Sony Michelle instead of Nick Chubb. There's a lot of skill offense player stuff that hasn't really worked out. And they're going to need to, in free agency, right, or in draft, help Mac because that's what these young quarterbacks need. You look at Kyler, and Kyler's really special, but geez. Those are some yeah. weapons, right? You look at you look at you know Josh Allen, that offensive line, the running backs. There's weapons. It helps. 
Yeah. I mean, you got Mac Jones, who's a rookie under center. You got four additions at wide receiver and tight end who guys who could be in place for a while, but they're new. And then, but you got to keep in mind, Mac Jones is completing 71% of his passes. You got to keep That's- in mind that if I dumped off to James white on every play, I also would have 71% <laughs> of my Passes. Okay, that's fair. That is fair. That's a fair call. Um, really but quick, I mean Gary. This. I mean this. This is where the you know, this is called diehard dialogue, right? And you're diehard. I'm a diehard. Like, yeah. I, I, Mark Sanchez is one of my favorite persons on earth. He's such, I love him. I love the dude. But like, like I always will contend when you have the best offensive line in football, the number one rushing attack in football, and the number one defense in football. You know, and you got Braylon Edwards, Antonio Holmes, like you, you know, Jericho Cotri, Dustin Keller, like. You know, you got to give these young kids things around them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we'll you got to have the weapons. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty sad. I'm excited about the show we have today. Bo and Stipe, real good matchup too. Very important matchup, by the way. Yes, and before we get into that really quick, let me just remind everybody that uh, Die Hard Dialogue has a free-to-play DFS listener league. Last week's winner took home a Tony Gonzalez rookie card from Gary's personal collection. Congrats to Katina Baby 19 So this week, the winner is going to snag a Deion Sanders card. Uh, yes, you guessed it, from Gary's personal collection. So that's pretty cool. Make sure you check out Gary's Twitter, DK Socials, for the link to that listener league. And like you said... Gary, we got a cool show today. Cardinals, Browns. Should we bring in our guests? What do you think? I think we should. Okay. All right. Let's do it. So we have our Browns guest. We have our Cardinals guest for the Browns, Sipe Miocic. He is an MMA fighter, the man, the myth, the legend. And then we have Bo Brown. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. He's not an MMA fighter. He is the greatest heavyweight UFC champion of all time. Okay. Yes. No, I love you, but like, let's put it into context. You're right, Gary. You're right. Stipe and you can, Stipe was on before this and we were chatting and stuff. He's also a new father. So we want to say congrats to him. Again. Again. Yes, it is not. Again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bo Brack is also here. He is the host of Locked On Arizona Cardinals podcast on iHeartRadio. Bo, thank you for being here as well. Thanks for having me. Let me just say something before we get going with these two characters here. These are gentlemen who root for teams that don't have the greatest history of all time. Bo had a nice little run there with the Kurt Warner and all that stuff. Stipe has been a mess since 86. Um, (laughs) You know, it's teams like the Cardinals and the Browns, Lions, Bills for the last 20 years, even though they had that great Jim Kelly run that have really made things palpable for me, right? The misery loves company is incredibly real. Watching these two gentlemen be in a place where things are really solidifying, there's hope. I mean, these are two of the best teams in football right now. You know, I, I have a little, I, I'm curious to see what Stipe says about Baker. I think Baker is ironically in a very similar Sanchez-like situation. I think he's playing a little bit better than the way Sanchez played, but like, I'm curious what his take is on Baker, but I mean, Bo must be fucking beside himself, you know, and I'm excited to hear what you guys think. So why don't you guys give us your early takes now that we're into the season. Stipe, what's your early take on your Browns? Uh, I think, you know, with the Browns this year, we we, we definitely filled a lot of holes we need filled. Um, I think I watched the last couple of games, 
like overall we, we're looking good i mean we're doing a lot of things right but we just gotta close it out you know like last week against the rams we we did well we scored the points that we needed but fortunately we <laughs> they scored more an amazing game and the rams are one of the best teams in the league and we went toe for toe you know with them and it was, it was amazing to watch and i think um i think just it builds our confidence you know and you know and we have a chip on our shoulder. I think a lot of people always expect us just to get trampled and we give up. And the difference about the Browns now is that they don't give up. They always find a way to come back. And you know, I remember going last year to the Monday night game against the Ravens. And we were down like I think 14, I think, at one point. And they came right back, storming back, no questions asked. And I mean, it made it you know, almost won the game. And just, just seeing that right there is just we, we... I, I think to I think to Baker's credit, I do think his tenacity and competitiveness and chip on shoulder shows itself a little bit in what he's talking about. Plus, much like what's going on in Bozeland, you know, when you actually have an offense that can score, you have a funny way of coming back in games. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it's a blast to watch this offense. Kyler Murray play kind of at like a point guard level on the NFL on the gridiron. It's yeah. been fantastic after so many years of futility at the quarterback position. It's like Browns, Jets, Cardinals fans. We don't know how to react when we have nice things. It's like, you deserve this. You've, you've, you've waited through all the crappy seasons, and now the Arizona Cardinals are going up against a 3-2 and two Browns team, and people are, like, skeptical still. But this team is – they beat – they blew the doors off the Rams a couple of weeks ago. I think it's time really to start – and the, and the Rams are a really good team. Yeah. Good oh, yeah. football team in Los Angeles. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, they opened the season up with just, they just crushed the Titans, another team that, you know, in the postseason and back-to-back years, they've got their own problems, their consistent issues. Your team got the W over them, Gary. But, you know, I think that it's time to start buying into this Cardinals team. They're doing, they're facing some key injuries. Is but a, is, a road, is this a road game for you, Cardinals? Yeah, it's, it's in Cleveland. Yeah, and I got, I, look, I, I, you know, the, the Jacksonville game was, a, you know, was a little bit of a slow start. West Coast to East Coast is always a challenge historically like I do think the Cardinals on the road on the east coast is a more challenged version of the cards than let's say at home um and I do think that the I mean this is like you know it's funny I'm finding myself to be more of a football fan like I would tell you from seven to 25 I was a New York Jets fan I didn't watch much other football there was even Super Bowls I passively consumed I was a diehard Jets fan, but when they were done, it kind of like, like I would watch a Browns-Bills game week four, like it was the Super Bowl because that still meant impact on the Jets. Over the last half decade, I find myself to be more, like I'm surprised, the reason I'm ranting right now is I'm shocked how interested I am in this Cardinals-Browns game. Jets season is over for playoff purposes. Um, And and I'm actually really intrigued in this game. Well, Cardinals are undefeated, right? So yeah. there's always something that, about that, right? That's enticing. Browns are actually favored by three at home. So I feel like it's it does make sense. Well, having the Browns, they've lost eight of the last nine against NFC opponents, have they not? Yep. Somebody, and somebody's been hitting Google. What I'm I, yeah. what I do. Browns have <laughs> lost. 10 of 11 games versus NFC West teams. Oh, 10 of 11. Okay. Okay. Yeah. AFC, right. NFC West. West um, yeah. Well, the West has been good. I mean, look, I think, first of all, I'm a huge fan of Rondell Moore. We courted him very aggressively in my brother and I sports agency. Spoke to the kid. I like the kid. I like the human. 
Um, he is really balling out. I think he's very under the radar to the way he's playing. You know, so much is being talked about with Jamar Chase. I, don't, I think people are, he's added a real element to that offense. Yeah, absolutely. That catch. You, you got DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green kind of having a career resurgence. You've got Christian Kirk and then Rondell Moore is just a guy that can fly under the radar. And then once he gets going North and South, he's unstoppable. I mean, he's a, he's a sub four, four guy. And he was what was squatting 600 pounds in he's college. A he's a freak. That Purdue, the Purdue's putting out receivers. They got another one coming out with Bell this year. That's going to be a player, I think. Really interesting what's going on there. Rondell Moore is a really good ball player. I thought that was a really good draft pick. Yeah, 21 receptions, 270 receiving yards, and one touchdown are his season stats on the year. And the eye test is even more impressive, right? I see those stats. That's only five games in. Receivers outside of Randy Moss. You know, it takes a little time outside a couple of special guys. But above and beyond the data that we just heard, on the football eye test, you can just see it, right? You can just see it. In Brown's land, you're putting up real points. The offense seems to be humming. Stipe, what's going on there with that? I think we just, like, like all the pieces are falling into place. As they should, you know, our defense. I think uh, they're, they're getting better every week. I think just new guys. Just, Didn't you, know, you just give up 7,000 points to the Chargers? What's this better every week thing? Oh, so I, I see, a lot of points, too. That's what I was saying the Rams. I meant to say Chargers, like we were talking about. Lost to the Chargers. I'm an idiot, sorry. No, but you just said they're getting better every week. I think they gave up four. I think they are. I think they are. Well, I mean, you got a couple of guys that are hurt last week. You know, I mean. Don't start with hurt. Everyone's hurt. Listen. I'm, I'm hurt. The Jets lost like the best. Right the Jets Feelings lost every free agent before the second snap of the first game. They Listen. lost two in preseason, and then their third best free agent they signed got hurt in the first play of the first game. Listen, you know how level by our bronze let you win last year, even with our whole team gone from COVID. You're welcome. Yeah, that, that hurt us. guys are, you know, you'll be back this week. I think, um, you know, with Murray, that guy's, that guy's a stud. And it's going to be interesting how, how they play off each other. You know, one, either he's, he's never seen anything like it or. The running back situation in Cleveland. Uh, Bo, how yeah. are you guys against the run? Because their running attack yeah. is pretty gnarly. We don't stop. Bottom five. They're in the bottom five so against that's the gonna, run. Got it. So that's going to be the watch out, right? If you're talking, I mean, that Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb combo, that offensive line, like that thing is humming. And if you guys are bottom five, and I'm trying to think, yeah, I mean, listen, Derek Henry, the Robinson kid's a, a player, Henderson, you've gone up against formidable running backs, at least three of the games I can think of off the top of my head. But that could be, a, that could be the problem. I think it's the number one problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, what's the best thing about that is, you know, say Hunt's not doing well. You got Chubb. Chubb's not doing well. You got Hunt. They're both playing well together. I mean, it's, it's like lights out. It's, it's, it's always great. You know, I mean, I, I yeah, the Browns' offense is the number one rushing, and then the Cardinals' defense is 28th in the league. So you got to feel good about that, Stipe. Of course. If, you know, that's a, that's what helps us, you know, with everything in the game. I think keeping it close if we need to. And, you know, Chubb usually busts a big 50 yard run or so, or, or, uh, Hunt gets catch you know reception and runs it for like you know forever and you know having those two in the backfield it's uh we're very lucky to have both those guys such amazing running backs. Jess, what are you thinking here? What are we seeing with? So it's a three point game. It's Wednesday, so we have no props right now, right? Yeah, we don't have any props, no props, but uh, Browns 
favored by three. 49 and a half is the total in this one. I like the over. Oh, yeah, me too. I think the Cardinals could score 49 themselves. Wow. The, yeah, the Chargers put up 47 the week before, just on their own. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So I, I'm so mad at myself. I kept saying the Rams. But do you think that if the Browns are running a lot, it slows the game down? No, the problem is, that's a great thought. The problem is with those two running backs, these are 37 yard rush. This isn't, this isn't like three yards, three yards. These are like breakout plays. Like, you know, they're a very, that's a very different running attack. And by the way, the running attack is what's really helping Baker. Like I would love to see Baker and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson on the Jets with what Darnold and like the skill possession, like, like when the running thing is going that way, it opens up everything. Okay. So there is a weekly special on the DK Sportsbook. Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, four and a half combined passing and rushing touchdowns. If you like the yes, it's plus 125. If you guys think this is going to be high scoring, I like that one a lot. Me too. I'm a little hesitant. I was looking at Baker's season numbers. He's got four passing touchdowns on the season. I, I know Kyler could potentially get there on his own. So it is going to have to be a high scoring affair. And if, if Baker's putting up and he's cutting into that number, that bodes well for the Cardinals. Cause that means. Where are you with up. Baker? Like good guy. No, no, I, I'm not talking about <laughs> trying to get my podcast. <laughs> do you, do you think he's good? Yes. I think he's very good. What rank out of 32 starting quarterbacks do you think in your opinion, Baker is Oof. at this exact second. Yeah. He's top top ten for sure. Okay, let's keep this going. Bo, what rank is Baker out of thirty two quarterbacks? I think he's in the top half of the quarterbacks. But they had to, in order to have success, they had to rein him in. Like they had to bring him in after his second season, where he led the league in interceptions. Like Stefanski came in there and said, "Hey, we're going to be a run first team," because he had that turnover problem. He's got the arm injury this year. Like if they have to rely on Baker Mayfield to win this game, I don't. Th- I, I think it gives I, the I'm going to go back to Steve. I want numbers out of 32, top 10. Steve, eight, nine, eight, seven, ten. Eight, eight by eight-ish. Eight. Bo, 16, 15, 14. I'm going to say 16. Uh, Jeff. Yeah, I think like. Oh God, 15, 16. Yep. Done. Done with this. You're I'm so, he's you're good. He's competitive as hell. I'm not taking anything yeah. away from He's him. Like, I love him. Oh yeah. Like if you like, like talk about somebody that if I like, what, like was like hanging out with and we had to do two on two, anything that I'd be thrilled to have as my partner. I love, I mean, I love his spirit. I do think that. I mean, I'm really interesting to see how his career plays out because right now I don't think he looks the, I mean, who would you rather have Justin Herbert or, you know, or Baker. Uh, Baker. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> no, he's a leader. Just the way he presents himself, the way he holds himself up, I think. It's yes. I Let's mean, go around the horn. Yes. If, you, if you have the confidence to lead people. Respect. I respect. Yeah, I would go with Herbert. Bo? Oh, I'm taking Herbert. <laughs> I mean, 6'6", six, yeah. six, he's, he's got a great arm. Yeah. Just, he was like built in a lab to be an NFL Quiet quarterback. Leader. I'm 6'5", with a good leader. arm. I'm not a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, Baker's on TV just as much as Jess during NFL Sundays. I see his ad. It's like right after DraftKings. <laughs> There's nobody on TV more than Jess, period, let alone football. Jess, yeah. you were on TV more than any human on earth. I know. And? Is it starting to annoy you guys yet? 
No, but I want to know stories from you, like when you're at the grocery store and like even non-football fans are like, yeah, you got a familiar face because just like passively in the background. And- it's actually hilarious to see it's mostly men. They're looking at me and they're like, I know her from somewhere and I can't figure out where. And it's like, they're just like staring at me. And I always put my AirPods in. Normally when I'm like out and about, I'm like listening to a podcast or like, you know, listen to music or something. And I'm not listening to anything, but your social signaling, don't talk to me. You're right. You're right. I'm listening to my social. No, I'm a woman out grocery shopping by myself. I got to put my headphones in or people are going to try to, men are going to try to talk to me. Men are the worst. Yes. Thank you, Gary. You're welcome. Um, So, yeah. Bo, break down the cards for us. What are you seeing so far besides the optimism? You've kind of given us a little insight with the running games, a little bit of a concern. The, the, I love your point guard. I think it's a tremendous analogy. I also think Kyler's the wildest on something. The man is uncanny in his ability not to get hit. Yeah, he's so evasive. He might be the most elusive quarterback in the league. And that's he's also thoughtful, right? Like literally, I've been asking Zach Wilson to like run because he's very right. good in his improv. The first time he decides to do it this week, he got drilled for no reason. And I literally turned to AJ, my brother, and said, I've seen Kyler, and I don't watch Cardinals football, literally never be hit, ever. Always. You know why that is? Because he's smart, because he's small. And he's been small his whole life. That's right. He's the smallest guy. Right. So, but like, what I love about Kyler is he gives up one or two yards to never get hit. And that is takes real discipline because these are competitive men, but he's so disciplined at it. And I know why, to your point, that's absolutely right. But it's, it's a big deal. And you know who his, uh, like his hero is and Stipe can appreciate this. And Gary, you can appreciate this is, is Bruce Lee. He's got that mentality. He's got that mindset, that like water, and he applies it to every piece and part of his life. And even on the football field, you see it like, when things are going a thousand miles per hour, he's able to slow things down. And as he's entering his third season, he's only getting better at it. And so you're seeing that Cliff. Cliff Kingsbury is a guy that where the jury, the jury was out on Cliff going into the season. They didn't know if he could hang at the NFL level. He was a failed college coach. His alma mater fired him and the Arizona Cardinals hired him in this weird experiment. And, you know, he was on the hot seat going into the season, but he has shown that, this offense is for real. He's got the pieces in place. You mentioned Rondell Moore. We've been talking about Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. This offensive line's playing at a high I, level. I was very pro-Jets hiring Cliff a couple of years ago and even put a little work into it, much to my failure of it. But I, I thought that was going to work out. And now seeing this brewing um but i don't have con back to if it's baker or somebody else i don't have context if the talent is so overwhelming have you seen things in this season obviously it's working out so i'd like to think you saw something that made you say yes anything stand out this season where cliff made a decision that felt different or or he's been consistent like i remember when we played you guys a couple years ago maybe last year i think last year uh and just in general, because I, I, I do think it's a dynamic team. And again, it's funny, same for you, Stipe. Browns, Cardinals, even though they had that little run, you know, which is Cardinals similar to the Jets, a little run, but we're talking 30 years, like not kind of going well. Lions, 
I feel like all of those teams are part of the same club and I kind of weirdly root. It's easier for the Cardinals because the Browns are in the AFC. So there's always a little residual of that. Plus we were the Jets that actually lost to the Browns after they lost like 20 something games in a row. I was there by the way. It's when what's his name got hurt and Baker came in and the comeback. So I'm pretty bitter about it, but nonetheless, it, you know, I noticed that Cliff would go for it on fourth down because the weapon that is Kyler. So I, that, I took note of that, which I liked. I think going forward on fourth down needs to be happening more. The Chargers did it a ton against Stipe this weekend, much to a lot of success. Any, any little nuances football-wise that you've seen from Cliff? Yeah, I think he's kind of keeping it simple, you know, the kids method. It's uh, he, he's got James Conner, kind of a bruising running back. So, yeah, you've got an undersized quarterback. So if you need one yard on fourth and one, he's actually just handing the ball off to this running back or on the goal line. You're seeing improvements as far as the red zone scoring. And just like little things like that, his entire resume for the 2021 season has been spectacular. Like the, the play calling has been right where you expected it to be or what you thought you were getting when you were hiring this offensive-minded guy. So, yeah, I think this season he's taken a major step in the right direction, but that also comes with having the pieces in place and having the players to do it. Good. What, uh, let's, let's segue. We need predictions. This is, this is where we put our money in our mouth. Um, we are going to go with Bo first. Bo. I, th- I think the Arizona Cardinals, I like the three points that they're getting here. I think they can cover it. I think they can actually even go into Cleveland and, and take a win and stay perfect on the season. I'm going to predict that. I think they win a close one, though. I think it's going to be like 29-27. Ooh, real close one. Stipe? Yeah, I, I, I do get the three points to the Cardinals as well. Um, but I, when they picked the Browns, I was thinking like 31-30 or something like that. I was thinking same, same, you know, same as other barn burner, same range. Yeah. I think I definitely think over, over 49 and a half and yeah, you know, all teams are going to score over 26 and a half. Yeah. I like uh, a three point keeping it close. I think that the Browns like are going to cover here. So I think they're going to win. Oh, oh, yeah. Good news. All aboard. She's good on bandwagons. She's a bandwagon Patriot fan. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's Gary's favorite thing about me. Um, actually, there's a just want to I want to get your take on this though, because there is a fun prop um for this game over one and a half total fourth down conversions. It's plus 125. I love it. How do you guys you love I'm, that? I'm a Brown's gonna go four or five times on fourth down, so I are gonna get it. Yeah, hammer that one. Hammer the over on that one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I really like that one. By the way, on just red zone alone, I've seen the Browns fail on fourth down like four times ready this season, Stipe. And they keep doing it. You know, I mean, they, they got confidence in their defense, which not last week. I know last week they scored a thousand. I got it. <laughs> no, but um, I think, uh, you know, they, they definitely haven't, but they also, I, I think, you know, they just keep doing it because they have confidence. You know what I mean, I think, you know, when yes, you what's your score for the game? 31 30. Uh, oh, I got that, Steve. I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, 27 30. Browns. Isn't that a push? I think, yeah, I think they're going to win. But you also said they were going to cover. Yeah, it's three. And what that is that considered okay. a cover or is that considered a push? I don't know how that works in DK land. It's a push. Okay, so you're in. So you're in I'm on the fence. Respect. Yeah. I'm going to go 34-16 Cardinals. 
I just want both teams to have fun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't get hurt. Everybody now, has fun. I'm saying that because I just don't like AFC teams at all. And I kind of like the Cardinals. They're all the way over there in the NFC West. It doesn't bother me at all. They've stunk for a long time. The Diamondbacks stink. Actually, you know what? I forgot. The Suns made a big run. I'm going to tighten up the score here based on the Suns making a run. <laughs> I'm a little bit now upset that they're having so much success. Actually, I'm pissed right now. Cardinals-Suns combo? I'm only Jets-Knicks at this point in my life. So I wish I had their football-basketball combo. I'm getting bitter here. I'm going to change my score to 34-25 Cardinals. 34 wow, we Cardinals. ate crap for so long. Ten A decade with the Suns. We, we, we deserve yeah, you this. Have, yeah. I, you did, by the way, you do. The Suns were real bad for a decade. By the way, just to remind you, the Knicks have been bad for 25 years. It's the yeah. same thing. Owner. It's Dolan. It's Sarver. We won thing. a title in 2016. No big deal. That was the best, by the way. On the record, LeBron coming home. That's some movie shit. Yeah. Came back, down 3-1 against a super team. It's pretty amazing. That's like best weekend of my life. I got married that weekend. We got married and then Sunday was the game seven, and all my family from like out of the country came. We all we got like a table outside. We had an outdoor club. We went to watch the game there, and I don't remember much after that, but it was fun. <laughs> Stevie, while we've got you, what is it like to professionally get punched in the face? Sucks. <laughs> I'd rather golf or play tennis or dance or something. Steve, in your career, including prepping for fights, what is the, I mean, this is like a negative question, but I'm actually just genuinely curious and it's good to like, I love stories. What was the most hurt you've ever been? When I say hurt, like woozy, like out. Well, I mean. I mean, the last fight, obviously, I'm still. Well, was, yeah, I didn't, I didn't work well. There's a lot of memes on that one. Um, Were you ever like. What about good? I got right back up with that one against Francis. I was, you know, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, sometimes people don't realize the reason I'm asking you, sometimes people don't realize. Sometimes it's like a weird one because just the way it landed and you were woozy for like 45 seconds and none of us know that story. Yeah, I I was good with that one. The one I, I, it's probably going for uh, fought Stefan Stroop, BB, and uh, I think I had uh, a concussion for sure. I think I had retrograde amnesia when you kept repeating yourself. Wow. Yeah, and I had the worst headache ever, and I was struggling for a little bit. And then I had to fly home the next day, which was which was fun, you know, crossing the ocean. Yeah, being on a plane. That was the after worst. that. Yeah, oh, that was when, my, that was oh when was the most hurt you've been in a fight? <laughs> Third grade against Ricky Thompson. I mean, I think I'm I'm smart and I've shy. I'm like Kyler Murray. I shy away from physically being hit. So I've I've broken my leg before in that playing football, but that's I've never shied away from getting punched yes. in the face. Give us some insight to your schoolyard fights. Me? I mean, yeah. I was a D1 athlete. So I got, I got, uh, I had to be medically retired halfway through my senior year because I had so many concussions. So the rubber mm-hmm. lacrosse ball being drilled into your head isn't the greatest. Yeah. I wasn't talking about sports interests. I'm talking about fighting. Like actually. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, my brother and I used to get oh, in fights when we were younger, but who was I would like fights? Well, he would have, he's a lot taller and bigger than I am, but I'm sneaky. I like sneaky. Yeah. I fought, I fought the same, I fought the same kid three times from second to sixth grade. (laughs) What was your record? 
Who won? Yeah. His name is Oded Weinstock. Why did you fight him three separate times? Because it was Jersey in the 80s and you fought. You work on Wall Street now or something? He has a great I name. don't know, but like, I'd love for somebody to find him. If you're listening right now and you know Oded Weinstock, who grew up in, in the 80s in Edison, New Jersey, and went to Martin Luther King Middle School, uh, Grammar School, John Adams Middle School, and J.P. Stevens High School, we fought in second, third, and sixth grade. Second grade, I actually fought four times. Let me give him credit because a scrimmage, yeah. I'm going to give it to him. We fought in second grade. We were playing football. Something happened. I won that fight because I chased him in a circle for like 30 seconds. And then like, we were literally just running in a circle and I stuck out my leg, tripped him, jumped on his back and just pounded the back of his back. And that's how I won <laughs> that fight. The second time, which is one of the worst moments of my life, the twins in my neighborhood, Gregory and Andrew, uh, convinced me that the rivalry wasn't over and he was riding his bike with my friend, Marissa Bird. And I literally just ran and kicked his bike while he was riding it. And that was the whole fight. So that I was 2-0, feeling good about myself. Kudos to him. Sixth grade comes, three years later. We get into some sort of argument. I think about the Pistons and the Bulls. And I turn, I, this is a little cheap, but I'm still going to give it to him because I, I think I got to tell the full story and its clarity. We get into a little bit of an argument before homeroom in the hallway. I turn around, which is the cheap part, and he pushes me into the locker. You know the locker? It caught my little skinny ribs, so I was hurt. Uh. And he got on top of me. And then, a, and like kind of was, you know, kind of like a camel clutch type thing. Oof. Teacher came, broke it up because we were in the school. I think it's like kind of like a little scrimmage, like tussle. Yeah. By second period, scuffle. by second period in all my classes, Gary got beat up by Oded. I'm devastated. Oh. My life is on the line, Bo. So I challenge him to a fight on Marco's Hill. Marco, who's house was right next to the middle school and the ice cream truck went there and there was a hill. We would all congregate over there. I walked up literally fucking out of wonder years. I walked up to him and was like 3 p.m. flagpole, AKA Marcos Hill. There's like 50 people watching this fight. It starts off Stipe terribly. He's now bigger and stronger than me at this point in sixth grade. He gets the advantage. He's on top of me. And, and like, I swear to God, think about the way I'm telling this story. I swear to God, to this day, it was one of the scariest moments of my life because my brain said that I am inches away from massive reputational damage. Right. And he's throwing his punches. And Jess, I'm telling you, with everything I had in my soul, I'm, I just put everything into this rocking thing and somehow from the fucking grace of God, it got him off. And as he was coming off, as I was shaking, I kicked him in the face and his face exploded, bleeding out of his nose, mouth. He, we kind of like, it was such an epic kick, a big crowd noise. We, there was like a moment of a second of like shock from both of us. I didn't know what was about to happen. And then he just broke down and cried and ran away. Wow. So you were, you won Beth, the war. Beth, Beth is texting me that it looks like he's a criminal lawyer in New Jersey, which it might be a problem. I might get sued right now. <laughs> he's coming yeah, out. Like, but fun fact, this is why I like Oded, this is why I love Oded Weinstock. A couple months later, we had a great tennis match against each other, challenging each other. So 
I, but he, but I did fight Odette Weinstock four times. So you want to find out where he lives so you can fight him again. I don't want to fight him anymore. I want to actually have a nice (laughs) dinner and try to remember good memories. Uh, But we did fight a lot. (laughs) Wow. Yep. Too bad that wasn't on paper. By the way, the only other times that I've ever come close to fighting in my life were at Jet Games. Wow. I would pay. I got like a real altercation outside getting paid. I was 11 or 10 years old. I got wrecked. Really? <laughs> it just pieced me up. I, I wasn't I was looking for a fight. I was just joking around at the pool, joking around. I threw water in his face, joking around. I was like, ah, I got you. And he didn't like that one too much. And... Oh, that guy must be so pumped. I wish that was me. You imagine oh, the he... life walking around being like, I beat the shit out of the greatest <laughs> UFC heavyweight of all time. <laughs> He pieced me up pretty good. I, I didn't fall in there, but I cried. I was like, why would you hit me? <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and that was your Everybody, origin story. That should, be, that should be an inspiration for all of us. Yeah. yeah. Just like the Browns and Cardinals are good now. Us Jet <laughs> fans and Lion fans have something to look forward to. Oh, I felt bad for the, the, the Lions against the Ravens when, when Tucker hit that 66 yarder. I was like, no way. What I, about this week? And it goes in. What about like, crying? The Lions head coach had a cry. And you know what? He was right. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad for him. Isn't he a former Miami Dolphin tight end? Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel bad for him. Fuck the Dolphins. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right. All right. That's it. Dire dialogue. <laughs> Wrap us up, Jess. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you, Bo. Thank you, Cipe, for coming on. We appreciate you guys as always. Uh, Gary, before we wrap, did you want to give a quick Jet State of the Union or are you just, you can't? I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff going on on the defensive side of the ball with people that, you know, just a lot of things have worked out. This Bryce Hall corner, uh, AJ and I, you know, on the Vayner Sports side, we're recruiting him. He was a first, second round. He was a second round prospect who got hurt his, uh, at Virginia. We got him in the fifth round. I was very excited because I knew the data around injury. That like works out, right? Injured, slips in a draft. You kind of can win sometimes there. It's working out better than I thought here in year two. Both Michael Carters that the Jets drafted, showing promise. That's right. We drafted two guys named Michael Carter. They One, messed up the first time we got the right guy the second time. Well, we just, it was amazing. We, so we, a running back who's showing like some, some promise and a corner secondary guy. John Franklin Myers, we picked up on waivers, just signed him to a huge deal. Looks like a real guy. Quincy Williams, who was a third round pick out of a small school for the Jaguars, got cut. I think Urban Meyer doesn't know what he's doing. Forget about the hubbub of what's going on here. I hated that move by the Jags. I've always thought he's, I don't like those coaches that come from college that have obnoxiously great teams and do well. You know, so what? I could do that. Like, and you know, when you're playing like, Akron when you've got, you know, Ohio State, right? And so I thought he was overrated. So they cut him, Quincy Williams, now with his brother. The you know, a a lot like what Bo has with Cliff. You know, I have a lot of hope for Robert Sala. I think there's that firm but optimistic kind of like players coach with just a hair enough firmness to not be a pushover that I think really works for the modern NFL. These are grown men. Like, I think there's something there there. So you know, seeing a lot of these young kids on defense, Bryce Huff, not to be confused with Bryce Hall, like, you know, the fact that Marcus May is hurt, the fact that Carl Lawson's hurt, the fact that like, 
Jared Davis is hurt, like all the injuries and for them to be performing. So there's a lot of hope on that side. Elijah Bear Tucker, their offensive lineman was the highest rated guard this week by pro football focus, their first round pick. That's optimistic. So there's some sneaky optimistic, but the, the punchline is it's going to come down to the kid. Right. And, but I am patient. I mean, Josh Allen sucked shit his rookie year, sucked shit. Looked like he was going to be out of the league, like in four years, like, you know, like, so, and by the way, what about the other way? What about Jared Goff and Carson Wentz? We're going to be the greatest things. Like, you got, like, can we please be a little thoughtful here? I'm not going to overreact, you know, I'd like to see Elijah Moore get going. That's been very disappointing for the preseason hype. Um, the Mills, the Mims situation is like tabloid in New York here. Second round pick from last year, not playing a lot. Had a big play in his limited action this week. So it's got everybody, you know, all in their hoopla. And then we got to, we got to look forward to Becton coming back with a really big time rookie year and came in a little heavy. He's a big body and he's hurt now. And so like, that's a little concerning. So there's a lot of things to be thinking about in Jetsland. Thank you for asking. Okay, good. And, uh, before we go, I want to confirm that you want to boost that over one and a half fourth down conversions at plus that 125. A, that is a confirmed boost. As much as I like some of the other stuff, that is going to be my boost. Both teams right. go for it on fourth down. I expect that. I think the Cardinals will definitely, yeah, I think both teams, yes, 100%. Wait a minute. Is it converting one or going for one? Uh, over one and a half converted. I'm still going to go with it. I think there's going to be six or seven of them in the game. And I think two will happen. Okay. All right. All right. That's diehard dialogue. Make sure that you join the listener DFS contest. It is exclusive for the show. Play for a thousand dollars in prizes, plus a shot to take home a Deion Sanders rookie card from Gary's personal collection. Check Gary's Twitter. Check the DK Twitter for the links to that. Remember odds and lines are subject to change, right? Gary. Always subject to change. Always. All right. Good stuff. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye.